Highways Voices, the podcast of Highways News, your one-stop destination for all the news about the highways and transport technology industries, and our must-read daily newsletter. Good morning, good morning, good afternoon from Amsterdam and the huge inter-traffic exhibition and conference, and let's hear from some of the participants on this week's Highways Voices. Highways Voices, in association with partner organisations ADEPT, the Transport Technology Forum, ITS UK and Elkrig. This is Paul Hutton and that's enough terrible Dutch from me on the uh, podcast today. Thank you for joining me here at the Rye in Amsterdam where thousands of people from all over the world have arrived to share the latest innovations and ideas in transport for the week. We can only scratch the surface of what's going on on this podcast but we'll do our best on this Highways Voices. Highways Voices with Paul Hutton and Adrian Tatum. We'll hear from Adrian Tatum shortly and Lucy will have the partner news, but let's get straight into the interviews today on Highways Voices by hearing from organiser Carola Janssen-Young, who was buzzing when I spoke to her on opening day. It's been amazing. It's obviously something that we've been looking forward to for about four years now, really. And then to see crowds waiting to get into the building uh, and exhibitors delighted the moment uh, their clients or potential clients actually walk onto their stand. It's been fantastic. And international travel is back and it's worked. There were, must have been fears that you would get maybe plenty of people from the Netherlands and close by, but you've got people from all around the world in the ride this week. We have people from all around the world. I mean, it it's, it's may actually be a bit of a struggle for some nationalities to uh, to travel to the Netherlands, but the efforts have been put in for people all around the world to make their way to Amsterdam this week has been fantastic. Did you ever fear that it just wasn't going to happen when you were in a lockdown in, in January here? Did you think, oh goodness, not again we're going to have to postpone it? Well, if anything, over the last two years, uh, we've learned that uh, uh, things aren't as predictable as they always are. Uh, but I mean, from us, for us, from January onwards, the only way was up. So uh, we had the conviction that this was going to happen. And the industry's embraced it. The industry is here. More than 800 exhibitors, thousands of people, a real buzz about the place. People are just happy to be back and it feels so normal. It feels absolutely normal. Almost, well, that's a strange thing to say maybe, as if inter-traffic hasn't been gone for two years. But what we can actually see is the amount of innovations, the amount of knowledge sessions that are on now, actually does show that a lot has happened within our industry. And we're absolutely thrilled to be able to share it this week. Well, your team has put on a show in adversity. You've had the false starts in 2020 when it had to be cancelled a few weeks out. Planned for March 2021, that didn't happen. You've come back in 2022 and delivered this. Everyone should be really proud of themselves. We are delighted and, uh, you know, we are passionate about organising events, passionate about serving uh, the industry and that it's actually happening is fantastic for all of us. We're so relieved. Perseverance has actually paid off. Carola, congratulations. Thank you very much, Paul, and enjoy the show. 
Carola Janssen-Young, one of the organisers of Intertraffic this year and after two very tough years for the event, it's great to be back and it was great to see the joy on her face. Probably the biggest exhibitors at the event is Swarco, a good friend of Highways News, as you know, so I thought we'd go and catch up with what they're getting up to under their new CEO, Michael Shush. It's a great honour, to be honest, to serve uh, Swarco in that capacity and uh, a role that I certainly am excited also to uh, to execute and to lead Swarco, the Swarco group in the in the years to come yeah and we're sitting on the edge of the Swarco stand and sort of surveying the size of the stand you've got here you must be very proud at just how significant I think I can't think there's a bigger stand than Swarco's here at Intertraffic this week and not only the fact that it's got Swarco branding all over the place but the recent acquisitions you've got for for Dinic for Superlux for Hitex you're make, doing a lot of work at the moment to bring in these new businesses into the Swarco family. Well, you're absolutely right. The last uh, year has been quite busy uh, in terms of our M&A activities and we are very happy actually that those acquisitions uh, were possible for us and we are welcoming our new uh, family members now, group members of Swarco on this booth. It's the first time actually at Intertraffic that we are having both divisions at the same location here at Intertraffic. So we have the, the road marking systems division and the ITS, Intelligent Transport Systems Division, next to each other. And that's why it even looks bigger than the years before, because before that they were at separate locations. And you're right, we have the Dunik uh, family member now part of, of Swarco. We have also Superlux and we also have uh, the recent acquisition in UK, Hitex Group, that really expands the portfolio of Swarco, yeah. Away from what you're exhibiting here this week, which is the just you know familiar things for Swarco, you're kind of stepping back and and rethinking how uh, transport and mobility should be delivered, not just internally, but you've been talking to a lot of cities, haven't you, on modern mobility management and the uh, the problems that they're facing. Uh, absolutely right. So the way we approached it was really to think about what are the most critical topics for the cities that they need to address in the years to come or that they have already today. And out of 400 interviews, um, we, we got the message that some of the most critical topics are urbanization, it is the limited space that they have, it is con connectivity and it is the uh, interoperability uh, between the different domains. Those are just a few of those uh, most critical topics. And out of those we derived 10 problem statements. And those 10 problem statements like traffic congestion, like for example also poor air quality or the budget constraints that cities have. They also have challenges with skilled uh, resources to find. And the same is with how to cope with innovation that the cities are confronted. And for those problem statements, we are thinking in terms of what is the best end-to-end -end solutions that address those problem statements to help the cities, to help citizens or the traveller to improve basically the quality of life in their environment and improve the, yeah, the traffic situation in general or the mobility situation.
And this is really important because I was I was at a, a dinner amongst leading ITS uh, professionals across Europe on Tuesday night in Amsterdam, and a comment that came up is: for too long, the intelligent transport systems industry has almost been using solutions in search of a problem and in fact you're now turning it on its head and it's it's actually looking at the problems and then saying what tools what solutions do we have you are absolutely right spot on uh, Paul with that observation I think this is what the industry needs to do much more put the citizen put the traveler in the center of our acting of our developments and start with those problem statements and then come up with the right solutions independent on who is the solution provider at the end of the day but it's about livability in cities that's what it is about and people here at InterTraffic coming to the Swarco stand they'll be able to talk more about that with you exactly right yes Michael congratulations again on your promotion and thank you for taking the time to talk to us today Thank you very much, Paul. Always a pleasure. New Swaco CEO Michael Shush there with big plans for his business. And I had a longer chat with him after we talked there. And we'll have that on a Highways Voices in a few weeks' time. You're listening to Highways Voices and we'll hear from Paul Campion, the CEO of TRL, in a moment. But first, let's catch up with Adrian Tatum and all the latest news from Highways News HQ. So news back in the UK, Paul. The government has launched two consultations on proposals to make it easy for local authorities to tackle poor air quality in their areas. This built on wider action recently to tackle air quality, including the recent announcement of an £11.6 million fund for councils to deliver projects to improve air quality, and also the recent launch of a consultation on targets under the Environment Act. The first new consultation seeks views on increased engagement between local authorities and the communities they serve, and an increased focus on the impact of air quality on people's health. Elsewhere, Rochdale Borough Council's high maintenance will be delivered by the council from next month after the service was brought back in-house. From the beginning of the month, responsibility for pothole repairs, gritting, drainage maintenance work and road resurfacing will be delivered by the council only. The council said the move will give the highway service more control and flexibility over how it delivers this vital service. It has an ambitious capital programme of works over the next few years and said this move was about ensuring a high quality level service, delivering residents priorities in-house and ensuring its ambitious highway programme builds on existing work. It also added that this gives an opportunity for small companies to work in partnership with the council on its highways improvement programme. And the number of substandard road bridges managed by councils across Great Britain has risen for the second year running. At the same time, council engineering experts warned about a shortage of staff to carry out inspections to ensure the bridge stock remains safe and fit for use. The number of bridges considered substandard in England, Scotland and Wales was was up to 3,211. This is up 3.4% on the, the 3,105 figure 12 months previously, and up 5% on the 3,055 figure the year before, but down on 2017 figures. You can read those and many more stories on our website, highways-news.com. And if you haven't already, make sure you scroll to the bottom of our homepage and sign up to our daily email straight into your inbox every lunchtime. And on our site, you can also find links to follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. When it comes to highways and transport technology news, we really are the only place you need to go for everything you need to know. Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. Let's catch up now with TRL, the Transport Research Laboratory, who are exhibiting here this week in Amsterdam. And as the CEO Paul Campion told me, it's a brand new take 
on one of the earliest bits of transport technology. We're showing most of all UTC, uh, Unified Traffic Control, some people call it Urban Traffic Control. It's the software that runs 350 cities globally already. Uh, it's significantly enhanced, much, much better, and uh, we believe it's going to make a major contribution to cities, to the environment, to people's lives. How has it changed? Because obviously UTC or versions of it have been around probably longer than most ITS solutions. So what are you doing to reinvent it and make it fit for new mobility patterns? Well, you're absolutely right. Uh, actually, at the core of our UTC is the Scoot product that uh, many, many people know and relied on for decades and decades. Um, but that product was engineered for a time and for a technology level and for a way of using our roads uh, that's now in the past. So what we've done is we've dramatically changed the product. Um, we've done so I think in four major ways. First of all, and most importantly for citizens, it recognises the new reality of our roads. It's not just about vehicles, uh, least of all just about cars, it's about the whole range of different uses of urban roads. Uh, walking, cycling, micro-mobility, e-scooters, e-bikes, e-cargo bikes, uh, but also bus priority, uh, freight uh, lanes, um, and of course cars. The second thing is, it's now an open systems platform. So the original Scoot was tied to a you know, specific hardware configuration. Many of the installations were done by companies that had strong interests in the roadside controllers or the, uh, you know, the street furniture itself. And they had little motivation to open up that software. Well, we don't sell any of that stuff. And we created an open system, uh, which means, uh, so what, uh, it means <coughs> that the cost of ownership over time can be up to 60% less, which means that local authorities can afford to extend the benefits to more junctions, uh, more citizens, more traffic. Uh, third of all, it's dramatically easier to use. So the old systems built in the 70s uh, were what, what I typically call green screen. They used command line hieroglyphics. There's a lot of training involved, it was very technical. We've transformed it to a user interface that frankly anyone listening or watching to this would recognize. Very, very standard uh, graphical user interface, Windows-like, um, based on maps. You right click to get the information, uh, buttons and sliders change all the things. So dramatically easy to use, which means the traffic engineers can concentrate on making the flow of the city work better, improve people's lives, reduce pollution, reduce congestion. Last of all, uh, there's an open data platform built in. So many, uh, many people will be very familiar with what London did based on their Scoot system and, and a lot of other systems they've got. They made all their uh, mobility data available for free, open data on a platform. That took quite a lot of money and engineering from them. We're providing with our product built-in open data so that any city can make that data available to be enhanced with apps or other systems to, to build on the foundation and bring more benefits. Just to reiterate, because I want to pick up on one point when you said about the, the street furniture and that's not what you do, you're doing the software. It works with legacy systems because a lot of times when you talk to local authorities they are scared of new kit that they think won't work with other things and they'll have to then go out and buy loads of stuff. So you can use any data that's there and, and 
integrate that in to enhance the traffic management and the travel management of a city? That is exactly our objective, Paul. Very well put. Uh, the, the, clearly, we need to be able to utilise the legacy equipment that's installed in cities around the world. That's millions and millions and millions of dollars of sunk cost. And we've got to bring that forward. But also, as people enhance and build on their network, we've got to be able to incorporate the latest technology. So having an open uh, platform, uh, open interfaces, it enables cities, uh, local authorities to use whatever equipment suits their needs. The philosophy behind this is open systems, open interfaces, and we will strive to make sure that people are able to use whatever they need to make their cities better. Always a fascinating speaker, Paul Campion of TRL, and like Michael from Swaco, we'll have a longer chat with him in a few weeks' time here on Highways Voices. Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. Highways We'll find out about the Intertraffic Awards winners and hear from someone I first met at this event 10 years ago in a moment. But first, here's Lucy with our partner news. Highways Voices, with the latest news and events from our partner organisations ITS UK, Elkrig, Adept and the Transport Technology Forum. Elkrig, the local council roads innovation group, has announced the appointment of Paula Clayton-Smith as Director of Government and Strategy. Paula will join Elkrig from Gaist and brings with her a wealth of experience. With a keen interest in how roads help to serve our communities, particularly from a societal context, such as broadband deprivation and the economy, Paula has a healthy interest in central government policy and how to grow relationships with a whole range of stakeholders. In conjunction with Paula, Elkrig have already identified the key topics she will focus on from May onwards. These initiatives will support Elkrig to build upon its current successes into strategic insights that will move tacit learning into structured knowledge and policy sharing for public good. In other news, Elkrig continues to advance plans around its Innovation Festival with further details set to be shared in the oncoming days. Keep an eye on elkrig.org.uk for more information. With Chris Boardman, the Department for Transport's Commissioner of Active Travel England, being confirmed as the first keynote speaker at the Transport Technology Forum conference, organisations are being urged to snap up exhibitor and sponsor slots before they run out. The event is at the Marriott Hotel Liverpool on the 17th to the 19th of May, and a range of options are on the table. You can find out more by clicking on the link in the blurb. The Adept Street Lighting Working Group has been looking into additional uses and options for street lighting. Solar is considered to have potential for remote areas and places with limited or no electricity supply and because of that, the group has been assessing trials that have used solar energy for street lighting and is looking closely at the results across the winter months to assess the viability of the technology. The group has also been examining the use of solar power for subway lighting and wigwag lights which are used at level crossings. And ITS UK's popular ITS Squared webinars with ITS Australia return next month. They'll be sharing experiences on using transport technology to reduce emissions and improve the environment at a breakfast webinar on the 13th of April. That's the Wednesday before Easter at 8am. Find out more on the ITS UK website. That link and all the others are, of course, in the blurb. Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. Highwaysnews.com. The Intertraffic Awards happened on Tuesday morning at the opening ceremony. Now you can read all about the winners on Highways News website, but let's hear from them too, starting with Unoptic. My name is Tobias Dobel. I'm the Vice President, Sales and Service. Our product is the Trophy Pole, which is a roadside furniture for traffic law enforcement so it's a housing and enclosure where you put speed light and red light enforcement devices in. Well this product is special because it reduces um, CO2 emission um, by using less electricity. It's the first system that we have for 
many countries with special heat requirements that uses no air condition due to a unique air cooling system, a double wall air cooling system. It is a big honor for us. Um, the entire team has worked on the design of this housing and it means a lot to the team that is motivated, that has worked a lot, that has put their idea, their passion into this. So yeah, it means a lot to us. I'm Alexander Yannick, Managing Director of AccuSensus. The product that won the award today was the AccuSensus Heads Up Solution. It's a system that detects drivers who are illegally using their mobile phones so the, so the authorities can uh, prosecute that illegal behaviour and to really discourage it across the road network. What motivated me to develop this solution was that there was an increasing road toll. Um, since about 2013, more people were dying on the roads and really mobile phone use is one this leading unaddressed cause of road trauma. And it touches everybody and it, it touched me too. I mean, I had a friend who was killed by somebody who was impaired and allegedly using a phone. To win an inter-traffic award is just amazing. It is the world's biggest conference. It only happens every two years, but this year it, it didn't happen for four years. So it's four years, the competition is very tough. There's so many exhibitors here. Uh, it's really good to be able to actually have us on the stage so that people know about what we've done so that then other jurisdictions can do exactly the same thing. There's another 500,000 lives a year to be saved. Hello, my name is uh, Rick Joosten and I'm a commercial director within uh, Together. Uh, the product is a parking management system that's uh, yeah, quite easy to use for different user groups. And uh, one of the main focuses is that it is easy to use for the different user groups, but also that it is data centralized, that it is real time with the data, and that it is hardware independent. And with these three main focus points, the product is scalable within multiple countries, and we could also serve different kind of user groups. One of the customers is uh, Heineken International, for example, and then the facility management uses the parking management system to optimize the parking uh, location. So we can, by making use of our software, park 300 employees on 100 spots and then the customers not only Heineken as a facility team but also the employees of the business because if they know up front that they can park at the location due to our reservation web app they know that if they want to travel to the office by making use of the car that they can park it's an I think it's good uh, for the product team because we had a very hard time doing COVID and they invested a lot in the user experience and the easy of use for the facility team but also for the customers as the employees. So how can we make it really easy for them to reserve a parking spot and also use our software? And it was a quite a challenge in the last two years and now I think this is really nice to win. Let's wrap up this Highways Voices now with a chat with someone I first met at Intertraffic when I first came here 10 years ago and we've been mates ever since. It's Ian Hind of AGD who told me about the company's radar being used to deliver safe, active travel. Multimodal is so important both in cities in the UK and internationally. The interest in pedestrian detection in particular and some of these temporary cycling routes that have been put up during COVID around the world and now are looking to be more permanent. Um, the solutions people are looking for are, are to make those environments very safe for the people that are crossing the roads that are using the cycle route. We've got a lot of detection solutions that are very sophisticated, they're very easy to set up. The most important for us is that the engagement with the customer and talking to them and understanding what they're, what, what they're trying to solve. And so how are you doing that and how, what are the customers doing with the uh, radar solutions that you're providing? 
Okay, so it's a dynamic environment. There's vehicles, there's people, there's, there's cyclists. And more and more, they want to distinguish between all of those, but also make the journeys of those people far more efficient than they were two or three years ago. And to do that, they have to have data. Um, if they have data, they can make decisions and they can make their algorithms work more efficiently for the travelling public. That's an interesting point then. So you're not just providing the hardware of the actual detection unit, but then on top of that, you're actually providing the intelligence that the detection unit is giving you. That's correct. So if you think maybe five or ten years ago, people were just using maybe relay outputs, but the interfaces between detection solutions now is far more complex. The controllers are far more advanced than they used to be many years ago. And more and more people coming to us and saying, can you provide the data in this format? Well, rather than saying we can provide it in a particular format, we'll allow the customer to bespoke the information that they're having from our detection platform. You mentioned at the beginning about being back at Intertraffic, how has it been actually here talking to people in three dimensions this week? I think the exciting thing is that we've, we've put out a lot of effort to get people to come to the stand and we are seeing people from a lot of different countries and to have that opportunity to come to one place and to see so many people in one place is fantastic for us. The global audience that we have here at Intertraffic, it does does allow you to just to, uh, sort of dip into understanding what different countries are doing with their transport solutions and finding opportunities I guess. Yes indeed, there's, there's always a focus on, on traffic and people at big events, I mean there's World Cups, there's Olympics and things like that. We've been very lucky to have an opportunity in Qatar and we've worked very closely with the authorities there to get approval of our AGD 343 highways monitoring radar and we hope to have between 150 and 200 units deployed there in advance of the World Cup. That's a great success story, not just for the organiser of the event, the travelling public at the event, but also for AGD. Fantastic British um, export success, Ian. I'm really pleased, and 10 years after we first chatted at Intertraffic, it's great to see the company going from strength to strength. OK, thank you very much, Paul. We look forward to meeting you soon. Ian Hind of AGD there, and that'll just about do it for Highways Voices. But of course, before we go, we have to have Adrian's accolade. So let's go back to Adrian. And my accolade this week goes to Leicester City Council and Leicestershire County Council. Workplaces in Leicester and Leicestershire have been completing all month to see who can get the most staff to leave their cars at home, with a total of 82 employees and 550 participants taking up the challenge. The Let's Go Better Points Work Challenge has invited anyone who travels to work to walk, run, wheel, ride or use public transport to help their team climb the leaderboard. So far, the 550 participants have clocked up more than 52,000 miles on almost 33,000 trips, with walking, cycling and taking the bus proving the most popular ways to get around without a car. And that's why they're worth my accolade this week thanks adrian and that's it for this week i have so much great content i've got to share from into traffic here so i'm going to have more for you on next week's highways voices it'll be back on wednesday and i'll join you then highways voices join us again next week for more insights from those that matter in the industry 